0: A jet set breakfast with Michelle Constant, seven to ten a.m.
1: So in our breath of fresh air, we're not going to someone who is like young. Well, maybe he's young at heart. Um, you never know. Professor Michael Lecoudeur is the Vice Dean of Teaching and Learning in the Faculty of Education at the University of Stellenbosch. Brilliant uh, article in the Daily Maverick about equipping students with the skills to use chat GPT or artificial intelligence critically and responsibly. And I love this because I was recently doing a presentation at the business school. In Cape Town, and one of the students there um, presented to us around how she used ChatGPT to think about the work that she was doing, demonstrating that it is not simply only a space where we think about plagiarism, but it could be looking at something far more interesting as well. Prof. Michael Lecordeur, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Yes, and thank you, uh, Michelle, for having me on your show. It's lovely to talk to you and to your listeners so you know michael usually this is a slot
1: that we call a breath of fresh air and generally in that breath of fresh air we chat to someone who is under the age of 20 now no offense but i can hear from your use that uh, your voice that you are over the age of 20 but i'm hoping that you are young 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 at heart (coughs) Uh,
2: michelle you're quite right i'm over 20 i'm not as I'm, i'm not as young but yes, I have a <laughs> heart, and I I, uh, I must also say that I do have two kids who
0: keep, keep in touch with, with
2: the technology, and was on technology every single day. So as parents, we must also get to know how these technologies work, because it is going to influence our lives. Yeah. For sure.
1: So let's talk about ChatGPT. As I said, um, I had an interesting experience at a university where we looked, uh, where one of the students broke down how she had used ChatGPT to really think about the work that she was doing, which means that it it has the potential to not only be a space where people go, no, this is a problem and it is a uh, a, a difficult one in terms of plagiarism, etc., etc. Talk to us about what you were writing about in the Daily Maverick.
2: Exactly. Look, let me first and foremost say to to your listeners: Chat uh, GPT. GPT stands for the Generative Pre-trained Transformers. Uh, it's of course nothing new. It's a user-friendly artificial intelligence chatbot. It can read. It can write essays. It can write poems. It can solve maths problems, etc., etc. So uh, it can do all sorts of things, and parents, and of course teachers, must be very, very wary uh, of what's happening in their classes. They will have to pay attention. It is going to put a huge, uh, uh, I would also want to say, uh, labor-intensive exercises on our teachers Remember, uh, 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 artificial intelligence is nothing new. I mean, uh, all of us are uh, having to do something with chat, uh, with artificial intelligence on a, almost on a daily basis. Uh, think, of, uh, think about the, our learners at school. Mm-hmm. They cannot think a day without a, a calculator. You pay your accounts with an app on your smartphone and you receive an SMS from the bank when everybody is sleeping and you can use your smartphone and Google to find a place that you have never been before. So uh, these technologies have been there and and we will use this and and it's similar with with students. Students will use ChatGPT in the same way that they are using Google and and all sorts of other technologies. So the thing is not uh, for us to say, listen I am going to lock away your phone. I'm going to uh, <laughs> prohibit you from using it because you, you can't. They are in contact with so many other kids. They will get to school. They will see this kind of things. They will hear people talking about it. They will inquire. So the solution is not saying, listen, we must uh, turn a blind eye to chat GPT. Rather, I say, we must equip our learners, our kids and our youngsters with, uh, with the skills to use this new technology yeah. responsibly uh, to their own benefit, of course.
1: I mean, we can go back and we can say, well, there was a time when there was the abacus, there was a time when there was the calculator, there was a time when there was a computer and, or, and Excel spreadsheet. And the point is, yeah. how do you then use it differently and engage differently? You know, when I was at school, uh, uni, school, university, uh, one of the things that you had was something, I think it was called Turnitin, where you would send your work into Turnitin and Turnitin would be able to break down what percentage of your work was close to plagiarism, uh, etc. Yeah. I'm assuming, A, that um, Turnitin will be able to address that with regards to artificial intelligence. But what I'm also assuming is, is that we need to look, as I said, the abacus, the calculator, etc., need to look at how ChatGPT and artificial intelligence can be used. How do you think that shift and change is going to happen?
2: Yeah, look, first of all, foremost, so, you know, in will not be able to determine exactly the influence of ChatGPT because ChatGPT is so clever. It renews itself every single time. It develops itself. So by now, ChatGPT, you know, developed a, a mechanism to work around uh, turn it in. But so so yes, the challenge is how can we be creative? How can we be innovative? I think the first and foremost thing that we must say here this morning is that we all need to make a paradigm shift. Mm. Uh, you know, when 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 the internet enters our, our education system. People were going mad, and they would say, "Oh, but our students is going to to write everything uh, from the internet or from Google, etc., etc." And a few years down the line, we have learned, you know, how to navigate our education ways around the internet, around Google, etc. And the same must 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 happen here with Chat GPT. Because remember. Uh, ChatGPT is here to stay and there are a few of course there are concerns there will already be concerns uh, rather we must like I said we must equip our students to use it responsibly in which case I think it will follow the same route as all the other previous artificial intelligence models I would suggest first of all most that teachers and lecturers, for students and teachers with learners and parents, with their children, we must be open about this. First of all, we must say to them, listen, we have this new technology. It can be harmful to your education uh, development, but it can also be of great benefit uh, because we have the ability to do research. We have the ability to interpret facts. We have the ability to be critically, And if we use those skills, then we will uh, determine when something is fake, whilst something like Turnitin would, for instance, not be able to determine that a teacher who is sincere and who is doing his or her homework will be able to see that, listen, I know Johnny. I know what Johnny is capable of. But what I see in front of me is not equal to what I, I have experienced over a time from Johnny. So something is wrong yet. And then you need to engage in a constructive conversation. So explaining to uh, these youngsters that... Uh, uh, what you're doing is first of all wrong, and it will harm you on, in 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 the long run because eventually you will become so dependent on GPT that it will not de- that you won't be able to develop yourself. And for, and and for you mm. to become whatever you want to become, you need first and foremost to develop yourself. Make sure you understand what's happening in class, how you can interpret that, and how you can give your own take on any. Uh, content that you are receiving in class, we must at all times maintain academic integrity. We must ensure that our students know where to get the guidance, and then we must support them about healthy research practices. And and and, and we can only do that via education. We have to communicate 100%, and we must make we must make our students understand. What is correct and what is incorrect. It is like teaching a child what is right and wrong, wrong morals, in, yeah. in everyday life. It's the same here, it's nothing new. Uh, we must use our time in class better. We, we must discuss more with our learners and we must stop giving them exercises that they can go onto their phones and go and see how can technology assist them to do what they ever have to do. But, but, but communicate more in class. Use the contact time in class in an active learning process and get students to be involved in class. Let them contribute in class. We must adapt the learning outcomes. We must renew our assessment methods. We can assess less. You know, everything doesn't have to get a grade or a mark in a particular uh, class. We can just assess, just to find out whether our children and our learners understood what was said to them in class. And of course, avoid tasks that will tempt students to use ChatGPT uh, at home or where they can actually cheat. Uh, <laughs> give them exercises where they will—they are bound to think for themselves and to think of new ways. Young people, and I hope there are more, many young people listening now, young people are extremely clever. They are very creative, they are very innovative, and I call on them, use those skills. Because at the end of the day, Chat GPT can be as clever as he or she is, but you as a human being is on top of that. You are more clever than ChatGPT. You are more <laughs> clever than artificial intelligence because yes, the technology can, can can help us find the answer. But it is still your responsibility to find out how do we get to that answer.
1: And That's that is gonna, why we
2: must all make the paradigm shift.
1: We'll leave it right there. Professor Michael Lecordeur, Vice Dean, Teaching and Learning in the Faculty of Education at the University of Stellenbosch. Janet van Eerden tweeting to say, ChatGPT is a great research tool but cannot take away the therapeutic process of actually writing something yourself. And there is a ChatGPT detector called CopyLeaks, which we use at our campus to ensure that students are writing their own work. Noel saying chatting with ChatGPT about the universe and stuff is pretty cool. It's like talking to a buddy who knows it all, but it does make mistakes and it's pretty cool or chilled when you call it out. Noel, I love that. Uh, And you do see those mistakes quite often. Sometimes it works off uh, some of the most bizarre things. We're going to cross over quickly to Dr. Godwin Kozar, who is the CEO of the National Education Collaboration Trust. Uh, they are holding a ten-year anniversary under the theme "Reflections on Collaboration to Enhance Education Reform Efforts" in South Africa. Dr. Godwin Kozar, thank you so much for joining
0: us. Good morning, Michelle, and good morning to the listeners.
1: So, Dr. Kozar, I have to say we did a little bit dis- had a little discussion about this interview um, prior to the show, and we were talking about. Uh, Is this not just another talk shop? Have we seen a difference in education? We've heard recently that um, uh, children can't read for understanding for grade four. What is there to celebrate and talk about as an education milestone? And have we, um, as the good uh, professor was saying earlier, have we actually had a paradigm shift? Are we looking to equip our students differently?
0: Well, you know, a good question, uh, Michelle. That would we'll probably need a day for us to discuss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but just to cut to the chase, I mean, there is a lot for the country to celebrate following the establishment of the National Education Collaboration Trust in 2013. So one is that we could have had the NDP and the Chapter 9 of the NDP that gathered just It didn't happen like that. The private sector, teacher unions, the education department, and uh, NGOs, you know, came together to do something about, you know, the Chapter 9 of the NDP, which focuses on education. Two, you know, the public is correct to be concerned about how many kids read, can calculate, and so on. But those are indications of the products or the outcomes and outputs of a very complex machinery. You can wish for kids to read, but actually, what you need to do is to fix the um, the upstream processes of getting 13 million learners in the system read properly. So it's a very simply simplified uh, indicator, you know, to f- focus on just the reading and so on. Although it's correct, so the NECT has been involved with the partners to look at. Those processes that actually produce a nation that reads, a nation that calculates, a nation that does mathematics, a nation that does science well, and there is a lot to be celebrated, I must say. Um, the NCT boasts, having taken uh, over 115,000 teachers on continuous training sessions, one of which was, of course, on Focusing on reading, but we started with reading in English, first additional language. So why is it important to do that? Majority of our teachers have come out of the universities without proper preparation on how to teach reading. Secondly, I mean, like in any profession, you got to be involved in continuing professional development. So we can't have Half a million teachers that we pay so dearly, you know, for, and not upgrade their professional development. So mm. putting an effort on 115,000 teachers out of half, half a million, you know, teachers—it's something to celebrate, you know. Had we not had that, actually, would have had worse, you know, uh, you know, situations. The other second and perhaps last example I should give you is. During COVID, do you know that South Africa is one of the countries in the world that was able to bring back learners and teachers to schools in a matter of weeks, when other countries took a year to two years to bring back their kids to? So there is a lot that goes on, which the mm. NEC was involved in, by the way, that has, you know, helped us to avoid the worst. So it's good to have, you know, stretch targets. But it's very bad to budge on everybody on their heads and yeah. say they're not doing anything.
1: So that's, I think, a very fair point. And I think um, I, I consider myself like as part of the media for that is partially to blame because we do kind of, you know, the famous if it bleeds, it leads um, saying. So the, if we are able to say, yes, there are shifts and changes, then I think we need to celebrate them and recognize them. Dr. Koza, uh, we are looking at and one of the conversations that you are going to have like talks directly to our previous discussion, which was around the role of leveraging um, tech and artificial intelligence for reading improvement. How do you see this as moving forward?
0: Well, it's it's an inevitable, um, you know, journey that uh, we have to soldier on the whole world, actually. Um, yeah. Those who do better are the that have started thinking about how to integrate that um, in, in uh, proper, thoughtful ways. Um, we, are, we are bringing input from a top um, researcher from the Center for Curriculum Redesign uh, at Harvard and some OECD experts, as well as our local artificial intelligence uh, experts Professor Marivati from uh, University of Victoria yeah. to talk to educationists about the, the challenge as well as the potential that is lying in artificial intelligence. So we also are bringing the Department of Basic Education to tell the educationists what is being done to prepare our country to start taking advantage of artificial intelligence and similar technologies. Uh, technology opportunities to drive education forward of course when you have these developments in the world educationists have to think and plan you have to think about how those get translated in a complex system that has nine provinces 75 districts uh, 25000 schools uh 13 million you know learners and 500000 um uh, uh, teachers so one of our board members was saying two days ago at a book launch that, you know, transforming education is more complex than running a change process in the largest bank in South Africa. Yeah. Largest bank would have like 2,000 points and the education system has 25,000 points. So it's important to appreciate the complexity for what it is. Yeah. And, and we need a lot of proper planning as well as thinking ahead. Now we have a cave ball. You've seen that government is cutting budgets. Ah, I was going to raise well. that with you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, so, so can I can I just uh, ask you that, Dr. Korsa? I mean, I saw that you've got Professor Michael Sachs from Wits University coming to speak, and I thought that was really interesting because um, we know that there is this um, budget cutting austerity uh, project, if one wants to call it that, that's been put into the public space, and I'm I'm pretty sure let me not speak for absolutely certain, that Prof. Sachs will talk about it conversely, that he'll say we need to put more money into this, that this is the one area early childhood development and education is in many ways the binding constraint.
0: So the unfortunate part is that um, even when we are facing serious economic challenges, once you lose the opportunity, you know, to... Um, in, in the in in the, in the in the development of young people
1: yeah
0: you'll never regain it yeah. you, you know so by the time the economy picks up those kids that we've lost out will be like we have we'll have to save the economy will be adults or will be getting out of universities and so on so it's the unfortunate business of uh, you, you know development and i hope that those who ultimately make decisions about budget cuts and um, Take this into account. There are certain there are certain services that you can actually cut budgets yeah, on. exactly. But you know, um, as hard as it our, is, yeah. I mean, who's a young man uh, um, who developed Tesla? I mean, he wanted to send a rocket to the moon, and he went around looking for companies that would help him build the rocket. All of them were expensive. And the minute he asked himself some basic questions, what is required to take the rocket to the moon? He found he actually has to get material. And the minute he decided to go and get the material himself, he could actually build a rocket for a fraction of the cost. So what what the other challenge is, we have to find ways of achieving what we need to achieve by doing things differently. How can we send a rocket to the moon, you know, by... Than spending a fraction of what we have to spend, we've got to think differently. How can we do yeah. business differently? If you, so you,
1: you always, you're always going to get the same answer if you ask the same questions, maybe you need to change the question. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Dr. Corsa, um it sounds like it's going to be a really, really interesting conversation. It's uh, taking place from the 11th to the 12th of September. Um, we look forward to seeing what some of the outcomes are. And certainly as you move forward, uh, what your uh, statement will be in terms of what you're going to work on. It really does uh, make a huge difference. Dr. Godwin Causa is the CEO of the National Education Collaboration Trust and the Convention on Education Milestones as they look at their 10-year anniversary will be focused on in the next couple of days.